Hello, market participants. It's the last day of winter. It's also Friday, which means it's time to talk about three things in credit. I'm Van Hester, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring to your attention three things that we think are relevant to credit markets that you should know about. So let's get started. This week, our three things are, one, the Fed has updated its economic forecast materially, or has it? Peel off the largely transitory stimulus effect and prepare to be underwhelmed. Two, China continues to rein in its overheated economy. Its influence on the global state of affairs and credit markets is multifaceted and it continues to grow. Three, KBRA Altman, a division of KBRA Analytics, has released a one-year forward corporate default forecasting model and our initial outcome is yet another remarkable data point in the COVID-19 saga. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. We knew ahead of time the Fed was going to raise its economic forecast. The street was way out in front of the central bank, and even some of the Fed's district banks were adjusting upward their forecasts and commentary. The big change from its previous forecast back in December And its latest, of course, is the Georgia Senate seats turning blue, which paved the way for the relatively swift and decidedly massive stimulus package signed into law March 11th. For those keeping score, stimulus injected into the U.S. economy over the past three months adds up to 14% of 2020 GDP. Not to sound like Larry Summers here, but I think that covers the output gap. So the Fed had some updating to do, and update it did. Real GDP growth in 2021 was increased to 6.5%, up from an already brisk 4.2% forecast back in December. The consensus for the Bloomberg survey universe calls for growth of 5.6%. Unemployment rate was cut again from 5% to 4.5%. Remember, the long-term average there is 5.8%. Core inflation jumped to 2.2% from 1.4% forecast three months ago, and the Fed maintained, or remained committed rather, to its interest rate guidance of close to 0% until at least 2024. So if we add all of this up, we get rates near 0%, inflation of around 2%, and 50-year low levels of unemployment. No wonder Scott Minard at Guggenheim is calling this the golden age of credit. Well, don't lose sight of the Fed's longer-run real GDP growth rate. It's forecast to be 1.8%, and its latest estimate is a touch lower than the 1.9% forecast pre-pandemic. It's also meaningfully below the 50-year average of 2.6%. Unemployment is forecast to be 4% over the longer run, much better than its long-term average. So what gives? Now, we've talked in the past about focusing on more insightful metrics regarding the labor market. U3, the unemployment rate, just isn't all that useful when thinking about what we all care about, economic output. That drives the earnings needed to cover a firm's interest payments and provides efficient access to capital markets. Instead, pay attention to the employment to population ratio or the labor participation rate. There, you'll see both measures well below their respective 2000 highs, and below their long-term averages. Or look at the U6 measure, which includes underemployed and those marginally attached to the labor force. 
That figure, currently 11.1%, remains above its long-term average of 10.4% and well above the 8% or so reached in healthy economic periods. As for corporate earnings, it has benefited from all of that stimulus that has kept consumer spending elevated. Once that stimulus fades in 2021, we just don't see the catalyst that will take 2022 earnings estimates for the S&P 500 up another 15% year over year. Not in a world bearing more than a few scars from the pandemic episode, coupled with technological disruption and profound changes in consumer preferences. All right, on to our second thing, China. China's maturation on the world stage is noteworthy in many ways, not the least of which is its economic growth. That said, the country's growth rate has been slowing steadily post the GFC to 6% in 2019, a 30-year low. Nevertheless, it was the only major economy to post economic growth in 2020, 2.3%. That, compared to what is expected to be a contraction overall in the global economy of 3.5%, according to the Bloomberg consensus. Our head of sovereign ratings, Joan Feldbaum Vidra, notes that while the precision in measuring GDP growth in China is always something the market questions, when looking at high-frequency data, including trade statistics from both U.S. and Chinese authorities, it's pretty clear that China continues to move forward at a nice clip regardless of the exact number. Behind the growth trends is China's tightening of financial conditions on the margin with hopes of maintaining healthy economic growth while avoiding an economic shock. Prior to the pandemic, the country has been deleveraging state-owned enterprises, curbing excessive growth in shadow banking, and intervening to cool down red-hot housing markets. Interestingly, China has set its 2021 growth target above 6%, a relatively modest target that will make selective tightening more palatable, while the Bloomberg consensus is 8.4% and the IMF's 8.1%, the latter established prior to the whopping $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. We highlight China for a couple of reasons. One, it is increasingly important to the global geo and eco-politics, and two, it is an important driver of commodities demand. Let's start for a minute with point two. The reopening of the global economy is already pressuring commodities prices, something we highlighted in last week's three things. The broadly-based Commodity Research Bureau's CRB index is up 43% from its April 2020 lows, driven in particular by strong recoveries in metals, energy, and agricultural prices, and prompting speculation of a new commodity super cycle on the way. That might be a bit of a stretch. We attribute the recent rise in prices to resurgent demand related to a broader reopening. Moreover, if Chinese growth has structurally moved to a lower echelon, say around 6%, a prolonged rise in a broad base of, of commodities is unlikely. After all, it was the explosion in Chinese demand in the aughts that gave rise to the last super cycle, and there does not seem to be a substitute pan-commodities force out there. Growth in the green economy will drive a bid for select specialty metals such as copper, cobalt, and lithium, but that same energy transition will work against fossil fuels, especially coal. And as we think through China from a market's perspective, let's not forget 2019 and the trade tension between China and the U.S. that was a drag on the global economy. While the drama around that relationship has reduced, in part because the pandemic has diverted all attention over the past year, 
and in part because of the U.S. presidential turnover. Now, while Biden represents a return to more traditional, i.e. more quiet, diplomatic channels, we do not expect an overall easing in U.S.-Chinese relations. The U.S. is facing an emboldened China that is less interested in sharing the stage with the U.S. as it is in taking a lead role. The new U.S. agenda figures to leverage trade restrictions and international alliances to elevate national security priorities, human rights, and climate change. The Biden administration's first meeting with China took place overnight, and if those talks' unusually contentious opening round is any indication, expect U.S.-China relations to reassert as a key risk to the credit markets. All right, on to our third thing, the KBRA Altman Corporate Default Forecasting Model. Our model generates a one-year-ahead corporate high-yield default rate that builds on the KBRA Altman database of U.S. corporate defaults originally gathered by renowned expert in corporate credit, Professor Edward Altman at New York University's Stern School of Business. Dr. Altman is a senior advisor to KBRA and frequent contributor to our webinars. Next one's scheduled for May 5th. Make a note of it. Our model utilizes macroeconomic and financial variables to produce a one-year-ahead default rate forecast, as well as benign and severe forecasts around that baseline at the 20th and 80th percentiles of the default rate distribution. So you'll not only get a forecast rate, but also measures on the dispersion of our distribution. There are no subjective judgments whatsoever. It is, as they say, what it is. We'll publish this quarterly. Our initial forecast, released this week in a white paper document available on KBRA.com, is 4.19% for the year ended January 31st, 2022. Our benign and severe forecasts are 1.74% and 6.07% respectively. Remember back in the spring how we were all bracing for defaults of 10% or more? That's kind of the standard for economic downturns. But that conventional wisdom did not contemplate the paradigm shift engineered by the Federal Reserve and Congress, whereby the federal government would step in and backstop risk assets while buttressing the labor market and the individual's ability to spend until the natural catastrophe of pandemic could be fixed. That act, set in motion March 23rd, unleashed massive liquidity to chase after what are believed to be overwhelmingly protected assets. High-yield credit spreads, one of our inputs, improved dramatically, which has helped to offset relatively high corporate debt levels, also used in our model, but on a detrended basis. If you don't know what that is, check out our white paper. You may never think of debt-to-GDP the same way ever again. Is all this liquidity keeping zombie companies, those that cannot service their debt out of current cash flows, alive? Without a doubt, but as we outlined in an earlier three things, that is an unintended consequence for now of a super accommodative Fed operating in triage mode. In any event, look for our quarterly updates of our KBRA Altman corporate default forecasting model. It's part of our growing KBRA Altman suite of data and data analytics covering U.S. corporate defaults and recovery statistics. You can find out more information on our website, kbra.com. Search under default. So there you have it, three things in credit. One, the Fed has joined other prognosticators in materially improving 
its U.S. economic forecast, but peel off the stimulus effect and prepare to be underwhelmed. Two, China continues to rein in its overheated economy. Its influence on the global economy is multifaceted and it continues to grow. And three, KBRA Altman, a division of KBRA Analytics, has released a one-year forward corporate default forecasting model, and our initial outcome, 4.19%, reflects the overwhelming government support for credit markets. Thanks for joining. Go safely into the weekend. And as always, let us know what you think.